How's that, Michelle? Sounds pretty good. How about me? <clears throat> pretty good. Coming to you from the WJRH studios at Lafayette College in beautiful Eastern Pennsylvania, this is Various Breads and Butters. We'll do our pre-show icebreaker before we even introduce our guest. Yeah, which yeah. is kind of rude. Al, you shouldn't um, give any indication of who you are. Okay. Yeah, I'll just keep them on. Um, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll scramble your voice. I'm Joe. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, we'll do a round of, of how long is it. Pretty Claire, sure Claire it. you're out there? Yep. She's out there. Michelle, you ready? Always. Okay. All right. In number of, well, in years and months, how long has This American Life been on the air? Years and months, This American Life. You know, I have no idea um, because I was not oh, I'm sorry. born and bred here. I forgot to clarify yeah. that it's Price is Right style. Oh. So whoever is closest without, without going, going over. over. This American Life. I don't know if that was, if I would have had that in my childhood or not. I'm going to say 25 years. Exactly. 25, 25 years. Exactly 25 years. What do you think, Claire? Uh, the 24 24 years. years. Michelle, what do you think? I'm going to go with 15. Mystery guest. What do you think? <laughs> We're, we'll call you Al. Call for him now. Al. We'll L call you Al to protect his we'll name. No, A. Letson. Yeah, that's true. A. Letson. What is? What do you think? The gentleman named A. Letson would say probably twenty-five years. Twenty-five years tied with me. What is the number? This is the the, the wah, wah wah wah. Oh, we are one over. Oh no no. What did you say, Michelle? Fifteen. It was twenty-three years and three months. That's not bad. That's not. Uh, you guys are pretty wow. close. They're pretty, pretty close. close. But Michelle officially wins because you're one over. She does. I way prefer we, we this to the post yeah. sound effects. Yeah. All right, now since it is March and after March is April, and that's when usually, baseball season starts. Usually, I know nothing about baseball. That's all right. No, neither does anybody. But do you know anything about the Baltimore Orioles? Well, yeah, like uh, Cal Ripken. That's <laughs> cheap. There, there you go. go. That's pretty much all you need to know for mm-hmm. this podcast. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I know. Uh, mm-hmm. he, I already told Al that I grew up outside Baltimore, so yeah. he's aware of how great the Orioles are. Great. You don't I need am to sell him. quite aware. Yeah. I got right. my th- start in theater in Baltimore, so I love that city. Oh, there See? you go. Okay. And all I'm right. working with somebody who wrote The Wire right now. So are you? <laughs> yeah. Is it David Simon? It's not David Simon. <laughs> he's great, though, But right? she worked with David Simon. Well, have you good. ever met Ed Elba? I have not. Man, that guy's good. He is so tall. He's good. Oh, man. <laughs> He's good. All right, so the longest baseball game ever. You can answer this two ways and maybe try both. Yeah. First, how many innings mm-hmm. was the longest baseball game ever? Yep. And second, how many? How long to- time-wise did that take in I'm, hours and minutes? I mean, don't all ball games have the same a number of innings? Like but there's extra innings extra if it's tied. Extra innings if they're tied. Mm. I'm going to say 21 innings is my guess for the number of innings. And that do you want to say how long you thought that took? Seven hours and 32 minutes. Seven hours and 32 minutes. All right. For our second non-baseball fan, Claire, do you want to answer? What do you think, Claire? Um, I'm going to say 27 innings 27 at innings. eight hours and 46 minutes. Mm. Wasn't there like a field of dreams where it kept going? Or are we not going to include that? What? I don't know. A f- field of dreams. That, that is a movie. It's also based on a book. Are you asking how long that movie was? No, not really. What do you think, Michelle? How many innings or and or how long? I'm going to go with 15 innings and 10 hours. 15 innings? You really are not a baseball fan. No. <laughs> I don't know. All right, Al. I've just given away that it's more than 15. Uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Being Lenson. that I don't know 
anything about baseball except the only important thing you need to know about baseball, which is Cal Ripken is the fucking man. Uh, yeah. Is it? Is he? Yeah. He okay. is. Yeah, he, he is. He is. is. Okay. I mean, like, listen, Reggie Jackson is also the man. He's there's, a straw that stirs the drink. Th- there's more. He was also an Oriole for one season. Yeah. There's also more than one man, but, you know, he's the, <laughs> Cal Ripken is That's true. one of the man who is one of the men men. <laughs> I would say that I'm going to go with... 30 innings. 30 innings? Sure. I'm just okay. going high. Right. I'm, I'm swinging for the bleachers. I like that. <sighs> I'd say it took like eight hours. Eight hours. Because that's what a typical baseball game feels like to me. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Well, the answer was 25 innings. Okay. I got close. Yeah. He was close. Somebody said 24. Oh, I said 21. Claire, what did you say? 24? I can't remember if I said 24 or 27. I think you said 27. I probably said Simon might have won. But I guess we'll go back to that. How but many was Cal Ripkins the, were in that The time game? was, it was eight hours and six minutes. Eight hours and six minutes. I got close. By the way, this was go. this was 1984 when the White Sox beat the Brewers seven to six. Wow. wow. That is not a very high scoring game that for the length. so boring. Right? Okay, well, we'll do one more. Yeah. How long has Al Letson, famous podcaster, mm. poet, playwright. Uh-huh. I wish we could interview him. How long has he known Nestor Heal? Our first... On-campus guest Nestor. of the new run. For the show, past guest. Yes. Episode 45, yeah. Nestor Heal. How uh-huh. long has Al known Nestor? Gosh. So it would go back to poetry days. And I'm going to say poetry was invented, I'm going to say, in the 1500s with Shakespeare. That's that's true. Don't look it up. And so it's, it's after 1500. <laughs> it's before today. <laughs> so I'm going to say, wait, what, what year? 27 years. What do you think, Claire? 27 years and three weeks. What? Oh, we're going that. Uh, Michelle? I would say probably around 20 something, low 20s. Low 20. Well, give <laughs> us. <laughs> Jeez. A- Anonymous guest. Anonymous guest. What do you think? I would say 22, 23 years, something like that. I think he's right. Right? Did I, did I get that? No, Al's right. Al. Wait, it, it was about mystery, mystery guest is right. <laughs> I think it's time to reveal our mystery guest. Oh, reveal? Nice. Reveal? Reve- yeah. It's time to reveal our mystery guest here on Dirty's Presents. We were, we were pulling out your pun. Uh. Our mystery guest is a poet. He is a podcaster. He is a playwright. He... Uh, let me he think. Read Read, reads comic books. No, I'm just I'm just going through the list. Uh, he's here. That's a good thing. His name is Al Letson. Al, hey, hey, hey. How are you doing? So this is Hi. episode uh, 129 of yes. Various Present Butters. Yes, it is. So mm. we've got our house, Ben Ben Brickhouse Cohen. I'm Simon Portmanteau out in the studio. We've got Claire Swansong Swanson, Michelle Hyphen Poulton. Simon is our producer and Al, our guest, Al Letson. Thank you for being here today. Thank, thank you, you for, for having coming. me. So you're visiting campus. I'm here. You are a friend of Nestor Hill. So so we usually start with asking about how you got to where the you journey are. question. Sure. But I just want I just want to set it up for the listeners by saying, if you want to hear more about, you can go to the Reveal Podcast or the I Think Show Podcast. And if you just want to stop listening now, you should probably do that because they're better than this. No, but if you definitely. if you're a super fan and you want to just make it through, 
then you should keep listening. Is that is that a re- reasonable statement? So Peter, I, I will not listening. agree that it's better than the, it, the, like they're all their <sighs> own things. Well, just yeah, just we listen can. for a while. You'll see. You'll certainly, see. certainly, reveal is better researched than this production. Whoa, Michelle. well, Michelle. that's probably true, Michelle. Oh man, we we don't, swipe we, at the forthcoming we quiz. We don't yeah. have to yeah. like drill it in. It's fine. Somebody's probably got a whole bunch of interns that do research, though. Al, so you started your life where? I was born in a manger. Oh, really? <laughs> in Bethlehem. In Bethlehem. Actually in Nazareth, but then they took me to Bethlehem for the census and all it this does crap. <laughs> the, well, weird, the weirdest thing is that your wiki set page says Palisades, New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so, same thing. Okay. Yeah, same thing. Okay. No, um, so yeah, I was born um, in Jersey. I lived there until I was about 12, uh-huh. 11 or 12. Moved down to Jacksonville, Florida. The Jacks. Jacks. Sure. Total uh, culture shock coming from um, a pretty solidly middle class black neighborhood mm-hmm. in the north, moving into uh, a middle class white neighborhood in the south. Mm-hmm. All the roles are different. Um, what explained the move? Why, why the move? Uh, my parents were executives with AT and T, and AT and T had opened up um, a new big branch in the south, and um, yeah, and they got transferred. Yeah. Um, so you got probably free cell service, so that helped. No, there was what? no cell phones back then. Come <laughs> no on. cell phones. I know. I know. You, you think get nothing? What we got was like uh, oppressive heat, flying cockroaches, <laughs> <laughs> and um, um, but also I figured out like along the lines like who I was. I would be a completely different person if I'd stayed in Florida, uh, Jersey. I think. Okay. I was always a driven kid. Mm-hmm. What were you driven by? I, I I don't know. I think that like. I guess maybe some of it has to do with like my relationship with my parents. Like, mm-hmm. My parents always like wanted me to kind of go down one path, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to go down that path. And what path was that? Um, my dad's a Baptist minister, mm-hmm. and everybody was like, "Oh my God, you can speak so well. You love being in front of crowds. You should be this." And uh, and they were very kind of they pushed things that way, sure. but also was was neglectful of anything I wanted to do other than that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like, um, but I was a middle kid and so my older brother was always in trouble and my little sister was a baby. And so they were always split between those two um, extremes, which meant that I kind of like just got to do my own thing. slipped under the radar. Yeah, which was so excellent. Yeah. So excellent. Yeah. I came at just the right time because I got into, when I was a teenager, I got into hip hop Mm -hmm. uh, and I started, you know, making music and going to the studio. My first job was Domino's Pizza. Mm -hmm. I uh, forged my birth certificate. Mm -hmm. As one does. As one does. It's really, it was easy back then. Yeah, Yeah. you had to like go to like the copier, copy one version, copy another version, cut out the numbers, tape them on there. The numbers you wanted, you know, change yeah, yeah. your year, tape them on there, then recopy it, and yeah, they just because all they wanted was a copy of it. Anyway, yeah. um, oh, this is so you could work at Domino's. So I could work at Domino's. Wow, that's a lot to go through. There was a lot, but it was like I wanted that job because I needed to go to the studio, and the yeah. studio cost money. What did um, What did you do at Domino's? Because I wasn't old enough to drive, yeah. you I answered the phones. I didn't. Well, I didn't have a license, so <laughs> yeah. it was like you know that we'll was just, that, that's a whole that, other yeah. Level. That's like that's yeah. like woo. Yeah, no, we don't want to do that. So um. Yeah, so I took answered the phone and made pizzas. Um, That's not bad. I was pretty good at making pizzas. Did you throw pizzas. them in the air? I totally did. 
I totally They still did. did that back then, right? Yeah, yeah. You, like, knead them and, like, pound them out. Can I just say something up. about Domino's right now? Mm-hmm. It, have, I don't know if you've seen the commercials recently. They seem to be on this kick that they just simply want to give away pizzas at this point. Have like, you tasted them? Care. Well, <laughs> I, no, I haven't. <laughs> but but th- that's probably the reason. But they're like, hey, take a picture of some pizza that you make, and we'll give you points towards a pizza that right. we make. Like, they just... I think they're trying to make it seem like, hey, this is pretty cool. It makes me think, think that their pizzas must be so bad that I think they by just this point, can't give enough away. By this point, why don't they just say, we're not Papa John? I don't know. But See, the here's owner. the thing. Is that like, once I hit my mid-40s, my mm-hmm. stomach like did this about face. Like, yeah, no, we can't do those things anymore. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so you, were, you were at Domino's so that you could get studio time. So I could get studio time. I was like, uh, I think I started like right when I was about to turn 15. I was still 14 though when mm-hmm. I started. Um, and so, yeah, I, I was committed to being in the studio. Uh, I had a, a rap group. Um, what was the name? Uh, depends on which one. So I think when <laughs> I got started at Domino's, I was in, I cannot remember the name of the group. That's gonna make it really hard to find on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I had a group prior with this guy who uh, was, one of the most talented people I'd ever worked with as far as like as a rapper's concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he's a white guy and he was like literally, he was the pre-Eminem before Eminem. I mean, before Eminem came out, he was freaking amazing. Okay. But he was also crazy. Yeah. Um, God rest <laughs> the dead because he died I recently because I think he died. Like he, like we hadn't talked in many, many years because he was crazy. Yeah. And then one day he moved into my neighborhood and he came to my house and I was like, Ah, I have to move now. Oh, because he's that crazy. <laughs> he's that crazy. I was out of town once, and he came to my house, and uh, this is years ago when I was married. And um, he scares my ex. He roughs up my kid, and then he goes home. What? <laughs> and I'm like, ah, I gotta move. He's crazy. Then he got evicted, so I didn't have to move. Oh. But um, he literally like someone got so mad at him that they took a hatchet and like hit him in the head, and it was it was buried in his head. And he oh. just waited till the cops came and and I would I would rank him as the second craziest in that interaction. Probably. No, I don't think so. I think <laughs> like really? de- yeah. I think that he made someone so mad. Okay. That ah. okay. Also, he waited with a hatchet in his in head. his head. He's yeah, definitely Simon. the crazier one yes. in this situation. Okay. In his head. Okay. Fine, so fine. Um, I guess we all agree. <laughs> anyway, we had a rap group. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> And I had to get out of that rap group because he's crazy. Yeah. But also I had other friends that I was producing for. And then we made a group called 13. Okay. And um, and 13, it's funny because the members of 13 is four of us. They are still like some of my best friends. Oh, like that's I, good. I probably talk to, I talk to at least one of them probably every couple days. Mm-hmm. The other one lives in Austin and I'm going to see him. Like after I leave here, I'm going to Austin. So... And so yeah. what inspired you to get in the studio and do that stuff? Like what were some of your favorite? I just loved, I loved hip hop itself. I mm-hmm. loved uh, poetry when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Although like I I felt like hip hop was the natural way for me to do poetry. I didn't realize that I could do poetry that uh, sounded like me. I thought like if I wanted to sound like me, I had to rap. Hmm. Um, and so probably when I was about 22, I kind of did not, I felt like I couldn't keep going in the direction the rap was going. Yeah. Um, I was producing, but I didn't have the money to buy the equipment that I needed. And I felt like I was a better producer than most of the people I was hearing, but also they had the equipment and I didn't. Yeah. And so it was just like, I didn't have the money. Yeah. Um, so I just was like, I'm just not gonna do that anymore. And I spent a couple of years not knowing what I was gonna do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And uh, then someone gave me the Language of Life uh, tapes, which were Bill Moyers. He went to the Geraldine R. Dodge Poetry Festival. Mm -hmm. And I heard poetry in there that just blew my mind. And I realized that like I, like one of them was this poet named Sekou Sundiata, who I, I feel is, you know, he's kind of uh, like a mentor of mine. He was mm -hmm. of mine. Um, I actually got to meet him several times before he passed, and he's just an amazing poet. Yeah. Um, but what he was doing, um, his interview, he was talking about that um, he, he discovered poetry because he heard Amiri Baraka doing poems, and one of the poems was like, go on with your bad self. Mm -hmm. And when he heard that poem, he realized that like that's the way they talk on the on the avenue. Like That's how him and his boys talked. Yeah. And realized that like he could make the, his everyday language into poetry. And that really hit me yeah. and made me feel like I should do that. Um, I could do it. And so that's when I started writing. Uh, that's also around the time when I met uh, Nestor, mm -hmm. uh, Nestor Hill. Yeah, Nestor uh, uh, was a part of like a, a group of poets in Jacksonville. Him and this guy named uh, Alan Justice, another guy named uh, G. Jerome Jones. He's done um, a lot of work with Alan Justice. Yeah, Alan Justice was like... Um, Alan and I were tight, but Nestor and Alan were like family, you mm -hmm. know, yeah. like they were super tight. Um, Alan and I were, were, were close as well. Mm -hmm. um, he drove me crazy though. Mm -hmm. Nestor has more patience than me. <laughs> um, but, but Alan Justice, like honestly, like the path that I'm on right now, probably if I hadn't met people like uh, Nestor and Alan, I don't know if I would, would be doing this stuff. Yeah. Um, Cause they really nurtured me and created yeah. an environment for a young artist to figure out what he was doing. It sounds like you've been producing, broadcasting, and, and uh, doing poetry for your whole life. Yeah, 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 for a good bit. Um, it's uh, And, you know, I think the other thing is that because... Um, so here's the thing, is that, like, if you talk to my parents now, they would probably say, like, we supported him. No. <laughs> <laughs> They're... Uh, well, we've got a surprise for you. They're out yeah. in the studio. Oh, come on great. in. No, yeah. no, no. <laughs> we don't have that budget. Yeah. Anyway, we don't, we don't. They, they wouldn't come anyway. Okay. So it's fine. <laughs> like, um, but no, I think that like I have always had this thing about like if you think I can't do something, like I'm going to prove you wrong. Mm. Like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to kick its ass. Yeah. Are you finding as you as you move through life that you're that. Was that just a, a one-time thing where you where you said I have to give myself permission to do that, or does that does that happen now? It it, it happens like pretty much in everything that I work in. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, I knew that there was a tradition of black poets, yeah. and uh, and I had read those and liked them a lot. But it was something to like hear. I think like knowing that tradition, and I knew who Amiri Baraka was when I heard that interview. Mm -hmm. But like hearing that interview kind of put it all into place. Yeah that I could do. And on top of that, I think that like Sekou's poetry really excited me more than say the black arts movement, uh, the type of poetry that was going on there. Okay, Stuff is really good, but like Sekou, like for whatever reason, yeah. like he found like, it, it just felt like I got it in a way that I didn't hadn't gotten anybody else before. Sure. Huh. Now, um, can we do the, <laughs> can we do the question that we ask every guest? Uh, but, yo, then, yeah. but then it gets cut because nobody ever has an answer, but we sure. might as well ask. Sure. Have you or have you not been an airline attendant? 
<laughs> yes. Oh, what? Finally, 129 episodes. And we finally got a yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'm the only one. Like, yeah. I, I've been every single flight attendant that you guys have ever had. I just <laughs> changed. Just the one. Did Let you have go. to? Did you have to forge your birth to certificate forge. for that? I did not okay. because they would have been. They would have found out. That would have been. Yeah, that would have been. They actually tougher. cared. That would have been yeah. tougher. Yeah. Yeah. I was a flight attendant for a good bit. Okay. Um. Uh. What What routes did you fly? I um I bounced around everywhere. So like yeah. I was I think probably like out of the eight years, nine years that I flew, um, probably four of those years I was in Dallas. Uh-huh. But then the rest of the time I'd be in Boston, New York, uh Miami. Was it all domestic? <clears throat> yeah, all domestic. Okay. Uh I was I was flying for um I occasionally went to Canada. I oh, went okay. to uh, Halifax that, a couple that's times. Included. International? Yeah. yeah, that's included. It's international, but I was flying for Americans um commuter airline American oh, okay. Eagle okay. so by by uh, definition we did do a few internationals like I did um, Halifax yeah went to Cuba a couple times because yep. um, back then you could fly uh, American Airlines could fly people to Havana mm-hmm. but only if they were Cubans yeah um, so the crew would have to stay on the plane Wow couldn't go through customs mm-hmm. couldn't do anything couldn't overnight there but I flew in the Havana a few times. Yeah, yeah. So was it uh, was it fun? Is it uh, nerve-wracking? As a flight attendant? Yeah. Oh my God! It was well. Okay, so uh, I couldn't speak to what it is to be a flight attendant today because sure. most of my time is pre nine eleven. Yeah. And oh, there, um, there is a very very different, yeah, yeah. very different pre nine eleven. It was fun. Yeah. We like partied. You'd be able <laughs> to get to the airport like. Oh, 10 minutes 10 before minutes. your slight flight yeah, totally. walk through and get and, and take and, all the snacks you wanted oh right. gosh it was fantastic and there were airports where like we had keys that we didn't even have to go through security mm-hmm. we could just like sh- go, come in mm-hmm. at DFW like you parked in the uh, employee parking lot and you just buzzed a turnstile and came in like you didn't mm-hmm. even have to go through security wow. I want to ask yes. one question about being a flight attendant did, Shoot. I, did anyone ever not know how to do the seatbelt thing Probably one or two. Okay, that so that's so because of you that, actually helped two. them. You had to yeah, do the probably. thing. I mean, like people like we 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 had this saying that like when people come on planes, they they check their brains in their bags sometimes. And probably so true. I mean, like I had this lady who could not figure out how to flush the toilet, mm. and so she put her foot nope. in the toilet. No, oh. that's, she got that's bad. That's blue bad. dye all the way up to bad. her knee. Feels and like I just bad felt problem solving. so bad for her oh. because that stuff, like even she when they handle her. it, they have thick gloves on yeah. because that stuff will stain you. What was her best case scenario for that? <laughs> I have Did no idea. Know? I have okay. no idea, but she put her foot. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I have okay. people that like let their dogs out and we told them to put their dogs up and then their dogs peed everywhere before oh, they could put them up. Did they claim that their um, dog wouldn't do that? Yeah, they did. They yeah. totally did. It's, he he just needs to like stretch. Mm, but oh we no. were like, you can't have the dog out. Like oh that's regulation. It was a fun job until 9-11. Then it all changed. Yeah. It was like, you know. Did you work uh, before and after 9-11? Oh yeah. I was in New York when 9-11 happened. Um, Where were you? I was in New York City. I was in Brooklyn. Um, yeah. I had I was supposed to be flying that day, Jeez. and I called in sick because I had a gig in New York. That like on on September tenth, yeah. I gave like this performance at this big place in uh-huh. New York City that I wanted to get booked at. Yeah, and uh, it was a part of like the name of the place was called PS One Twenty Two. It's like a big performance venue, mm-hmm. and they were they had this night of shorts where like you they let pretty much anybody sign up. And you could come and like do bits of your solo work, mm-hmm. and I did a piece for my solo show, 
and it went over so well and the guy was like tomorrow let's talk yeah. and i was like i'd finally cracked the new york nut everything's going great everything's for Al. <laughs> good. <laughs> and then the whole world changes oh gosh and of course like you don't ever want to like write that guy and say remember <laughs> me <laughs> here's like, the thing Wow. But it was interesting that like I had to uh, figure out how to get out of New York yeah. because I wasn't supposed to be in New York. Mm -hmm. So I had to like drive with my friend to somewhere in Tennessee, Jeez. catch a flight with another airline and get back home. But then overnight, everything changed. The whole industry was different. Oh, um, how did the broadcasting get going? How did this early podcast, early oh radio God, show? Oh God, such a like, just man, I, I my whole career has literally been um, the universe saying, "Here's an opportunity, sir," and me going, "Thank you." Um, <laughs> there you go. So like the flight attendant thing was like literally like, "Hey, tired of that bad job? Come here." And I said, "Thank you." Wow. Uh, the poetry thing, same thing. The uh, radio stuff. I was watching American Idol with my daughter. Um, I never watched it before, but she wanted to see it, so you know right. we were watching. Sanjaya season. This was the season when uh, you know. I don't even know who Sanjaya <laughs> is. That's because I don't watch. It. Yeah, so Jordan Sparks was on American Idol. She, uh, I wanted to see how she was doing. Yeah. So I googled American interested. Idol. Yeah. Yeah. And the first <laughs> thing that popped up was NPR's American Idol. Oh. And I thought it was going to be a folk singing competition. Uh huh. But I like folk music. It's fine. It's fine. Sharon Van Etten is my girl. Okay. <laughs> so I uh, click on it, and they're looking for new hosts, new shows, new ideas. And because I had spent time as a flight attendant and as a spoken word artist and was sleeping on people's couches uh -huh. and seeing the country, I thought, like, I have this other idea for what um, covering America could look like, that you could do it from the ground up. Yeah. And uh, and I thought like you know like America feels like it's like everybody's being pulled apart so we should do this it's like a state of the reunion mm -hmm. um, and uh, so I applied with that idea. Um, and what year is this? This was uh, what's the Jordan Sparks gosh, year, guys? That's how um, I usually tell years. Yeah, by American Idol contestants. I know, me too, and <laughs> I'm totally blanking on it. Two thousand seven. Okay. Um, so I win the con or so I enter the contest two thousand seven. I win the contest 2008. Um, they set me up with my first show, State of the Reunion. But what they did was they just gave me money and said, figure it out. Oh. Now, um, now that must be cool, but that's also scary a little bit, isn't scary it? Scary as fuck. Yeah, okay. And also, like, um, it's cool, but, like, when I look back, uh -huh. it would have been so much better if there had been some kind of shape to their direction. Like, if they had said, like, you know... Like if they had given me the money and tied me to a strong public radio station, sure. The difference is, is that like, I would not have made the show that I made, and so like I'm just again like it's the same thing like with my parents being a middle kid, like yeah. you know, the freedom is what actually gave me the ability to create thread. what I wanted to do. When I first got that opportunity, like I hired people that I knew were smarter than me mm -hmm. and understood the medium better than me, mm -hmm. and that my job was to give give um vision and remove obstacles for them yeah and so i just hired this amazing staff that like supported me and i supported them and we we make great work together. were you how many people worked on that show uh i would say like um in the beginning probably eight at the first couple seasons and then we slimmed down to maybe like six or so michelle that could have been you you could have been on that team mm -hmm. you i mean you were three right i, I was older than three 
That's true. You're not. If you're it was like 2007, now. I would have <laughs> to be older than three. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't know how old these people are. Who knows? Yeah. You have no idea how old a college senior is, right? Because I don't, I don't. You don't s- work with any of them ever. I don't see age. Okay. <laughs> good one, man. That was a really good one. <laughs> um, okay, so after State of the Reunion, what what happens after that? Okay, so um, that was a big success. It was award winning. It was. It was. It was very well recognized. We did. We did good work. Mm-hmm. I. Um, it was good. I. It, it's funny because I remember when we first started, um, I felt like no one's paying attention to us. Mm-hmm. I learned this really. Early. Do you guys know who Bill Irwin is? Yeah, Bill Irwin is uh, he's on he's an actor he's uh he's on uh, right now he's on Fox's Legion. So Bill Irwin um, used to be a uh, he got a start on Broadway doing mm-hmm. like big theatrical like sort of clown type stuff. Yeah. Um, and one year in my I, I was in my twenties I auditioned for a role in this two man show he was doing on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to the audition and I killed it. Like mm-hmm. Bill and I were there and we were just clowning around and it was it was so good. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, everybody loved me. I walked out of there. I remember going, yes, yes, yes. I got this. I got this. It's going to change my life. Mm-hmm. I'm going to move to New York. I'm going to like be on Broadway. And then like the next day I got a call saying like I didn't get the job. Oh. And I was like bummed out. And I, and I think at that point like I'd – through my young career, I went through these phases of like, I'm going to quit this stuff. I'm going to get a nine to five job. I'm going to be like what my parents want me to be. Mm-hmm. And just because it's easier. You, you can know? always go back to Domino's. Yeah. Always go back to Domino's. Yeah. Right. You know, like exactly. Uh, and then like a week later, I got this letter, handwritten letter from Bill Irwin. He wow. f- asked the casting director what my address was. Got it. Wrote me this long letter. And in the letter, it said like, you know, um, you didn't get chosen because the director wanted to go somebody with somebody that was older. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wanted to stick with you, but he liked the idea of having an older person and me play off of each other. Sure. Um, and But you were brilliant, and I loved working oh. with you. And if something happens that I think you can fit in, I'll totally give you a call. Oh, cool. But he's like, the number one thing to remember in this business is that you do good work so you can keep doing good work. Yeah. The work has to be the reward. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and not like this destination, but it's like you do good work so you can do more good work and keep going. Yeah. And um, and that has like stuck with me so strong. So um, with Stay of the Reunion in the times where I felt like nobody's listening to us, it was like, but that was good work. So mm-hmm. let's just keep making good work. Yeah. And eventually like people did pay attention and we won a bunch of big awards. Mm-hmm. The thing that uh, they did not teach me how to do and that I did not learn how to do was like how to raise money. The year we decided to let the show go was also the year that we won like the biggest award in podcasting or in radio, which is uh, the Peabody. Yeah. Heard um, of it? Yeah. So we won the Peabody. Um, <coughs> we self-nominate ourselves. Yeah. I every year. I will self-nominate you guys too. Thanks. Appreciate. I'll, I'll self-nominate this episode. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, there you go. Well, um, g- can you tell me on the state of the re- if someone wants to listen to State of the Reunion? Because we we get to ask this all the time. Like, tell me the one episode. That I should listen to. to yeah, right there's there. a couple. I mean, I think that like there's three that I like. Three or four, maybe four, yeah, four, five, five, five episodes. <laughs> five <laughs> episodes five. Yeah. that I absolutely like love. Okay. One of them is called um, "Who Is This Man?" Mm-hmm. It's the story of Bayard Rustin, who was uh, a gay black activist who mm-hmm. was out of the closet in the fifties. 
and 60s. He taught Martin Luther King the practice of nonviolence. Okay. Uh, he's an ama- amazing, amazing man. Yeah. Uh, second episode, I would say, is a episode called The Hospital Always Wins. And so The Hospital Always Wins, like State of the Reunion, we always concentrated on community. The Hospital Always Wins, we told one narrative story over an hour that did have connections to community, but really it was just a great freaking story yeah. that my producer had been working on for 10 years. Jeez. She couldn't find anybody else to, like she pitched it to all these other places and nobody was interested. Yeah. Um, and when I heard that she was pitching it to other places, I was like, we'll Get do it here, right? Here. Yeah, right. Yeah. And she's like, but that's not what we do. And I was like, I don't care. Like. <laughs> You're like one of my all-time favorite producers. Mm-hmm. It's a great story. We're doing it. And so we did it. Um, and it's this story about this guy who has mental health issues and how he tries to get out of the hospital. We did an episode uh, about um, trans families. Mm-hmm. Uh, like right now, I think that the trans community, um, like people are talking about it in all Some of these ways. Yeah. right? I think back when we did this episode, probably in 2012, mm-hmm. people weren't talking about it as much. Yeah. I had a friend of mine um, who, yeah, dear friend, um, there was things going on in, in my home city of Jacksonville where they were trying to pass a human rights ordinance mm-hmm. that basically said you couldn't fire anybody because they were gay, you mm-hmm. couldn't deny housing because they were gay. And my friend, who is a very liberal thinker and good guy, mm-hmm. was just like, you know, I'm totally with the LGBT, uh, I'm totally with the LGBTQ getting those protections. But like when it comes to trans stuff, like I don't want like to have to hire a trans person to to work the front of my business. And I was like, okay, so like I have to do an hour directed at you. Yeah. Because you should be, of all people, you should get this and you don't. Sure. Um, And there was a lot that I didn't understand about trans issues. Mm -hmm. Um, So that one... Uh, there's an episode called Reconciliation Way, which is about the Tulsa race riot. Uh, let's not call it a race riot. About the Tulsa uh, race massacre that happened in the 20s. This is when the U.S. government bombed. Uh, no, this is no, when. No. This is when. That uh, was Philly, I think. That was yeah, that was Philly. Oh, that was Philly. But there, there was were... a, a street, or not a street, like a neighborhood, Wall right? Street, yeah. That yeah. Got yeah. completely, like everybody got killed there. Right, right, right. It's called the Black Wall Street, and they just Ooh. slaughtered it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and over the years, have continued to disrespect its legacy. And so we did a story on that, which I think uh, yeah. is really good. Um, and then probably the last episode of State of the Reunion, mm-hmm. and this could be like because for me, it was such a huge thing. Yeah. Um, but the last episode like feels really important and and right and the way we ended the show felt like felt like we gave the old girl a proper goodbye that's good so those episodes is your uh you talked about the feeling that like once you once you've gotten your audience introduced to doing something one way like you owe it to them to switch it up is that sort of the mentality behind the things like al lets and presents when Reveal does those? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, like, it's also, like, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think that Reveal switches up as much as I would like it to, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, like, we did those uh, basically because Al was getting a little frustrated and <laughs> bored. <laughs> so so it was like, let's give Al some 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 juicy things to sink his teeth into. That's so Al. Um, yeah, <laughs> like, hey, we'll let him talk to nut jobs like <laughs> Roger Stone. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's kind of I think that's a little bit where it came from. Mm-hmm. And uh with those like which one has been your favorite to work on or the most interesting to work on? Of the Alice and Reveal stuff? Yeah. Um 
I would say that Roger Stone was probably the hardest interview I've ever done. Yeah. He's wicked smart and you can um, just wicked. Yeah, and also <laughs> and also just wicked. Yeah. Um like he's willing to lie so easily. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to do with every interview that I do that's going to be confrontational, I try to think about how to do the interview in a way that I haven't heard other people do. Uh-huh. And so I hadn't heard anybody usually when people interview Roger Stone they are interviewing him on whatever the moment is and not giving the full breadth of like his life and career and so that was my goal is to like go way back and um, but the problem with going way back is that he will lie very easily about the way back and then you're just like wait what yeah like I mean there was one point in the conversation where he literally had me almost believing that Nixon was better for civil rights than Lyndon B. Johnson. Uh. I mean, like, I looked in my control room and I was like, what? Yeah. I mean, but he's so confident in his lies that he can get away with it's it. Amazing. Did you get any insight on that, the nature of that Stone-Trump kind of treatment of the truth? Like, we're, we're in this extended moment where I don't think we're prepared... It's not arguing over what's true, but arguing with people who have no concern about truth. Well, yeah, I think that like probably the best place to understand that would be at the uh, documentary he did on Netflix called uh, Get Me Roger Stone. I watched that before I interviewed him Mm -hmm. and we did this whole interview uh, where he lied all the time. And uh, and then he told me that like like when it came to I. We did this blow by blow about the Russian collusion stuff, Mm -hmm. some of which we cut because it was just too convoluted. But at the end of it, you know, he says in his uh, documentary something like, you know, if you get caught lying, never admit it or something like that or lie, lie, lie. or So I can't remember the exact phrasing, but I brought it up to him. I was like, why should I believe you? Why should I believe you if if Stone's rule is X? And he just gets really quiet like... Yeah. Where do I go? Yeah. You know? And then he comes back with some nonsense, but you could se- tell that like he was like, "Damn it!" You know, like <laughs> he I, said, he "I was me. lying when I said that." Right. 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 So yeah, yeah, and and ultimately, like it's all like um, it's a lot of thunder and lightning, but no storm. Mm. You know, it's just like we're 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 having these big conversations and things about what's going to happen, and ultimately, like our political system is broken, so no one will be held accountable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and Thunderbolt and Lightning questions could lead you to comic book stuff. No. Boom, 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 boom. See? We have not talked about our Segway workshops for we a long time. So that was, that was a good segue. Yep. Took a weekend. We just worked on Segways. Did, when uh, did you start reading books. comic books? I am dyslexic. Mm-hmm. And I started reading comic books when I was about eight or mm-hmm. nine because mm-hmm. it helped me learn how to read. Mm-hmm. Um, love comic books. I love comic book movies. I never thought I'd see the type of movies I'm seeing now. Mm-hmm. Like it is like uh, I, I I was texting with a buddy of mine about um, today about uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. It's um, so good. It's so good. My buddy like texts me. He's like, hey, you know, I'm not a nerd like you, but I just watched <laughs> this movie last night. What did you, what did you think? I was you're curious. Like, you're a nerds. nerd. I get I'm, those texts too. Yeah, I, I'm, I proudly proclaim that I Oh, am no, I'm saying your buddy's a nerd because he watched the, that movie. He, yeah, I was like, yeah, like now you are, sir. Exactly. Welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, I told him that like I took my kids to see that movie. Prior to it, like my 18-year-old and I um, were having a conversation and I was telling him like, dude, you can like keep doing what you're doing and that's fine. You get to make decisions about your life at this point. But I'm telling you that I see something in you that demands you to do 
better, mm-hmm. that you are greater than this, that mm-hmm. you can do so much more. And if you're happy with that, then that's your decision. But I'm just telling you sure. that like I see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had this whole big soliloquy with him, right? So him and I are sitting in the movie and there's this moment where Miles Morales is the new Spider-Man's mm-hmm. dad is talking to him. And he says the exact same thing. <laughs> I mean, like almost word for word, yeah. to the point where, like, it touched me so deep mm-hmm. that, like, I reached over and held my boy's Aww. hand. His hand is bigger than mine, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm holding his hand, and I'm like getting choked up because I'm like, ah, <laughs> like. So yeah, I like fell in love with comic books as a little kid. I started writing comics when I was a kid, but mm-hmm. they were like you know little kid things. Um, and then I got serious. Uh, I guess about like right around the time when I was doing State of the Reunion, published, self-published a few things, did a uh, fellowship with DC Comics, which mm-hmm. was great, learned yeah. a lot. And now um, I am like back to like work, writing some indie comics. Some, um, so right now I'm working with this amazing artist on um, a story that um, on the surface is about a nuclear winter, mm-hmm. but under the surface it's really about the power of art and yeah. how like, Art is one of the things that makes us human beings. Um, and so like we're working on on that right now. now. Now, which are some of the comics that inspired you the most? Um, it was a lot. Uh, Archie. I think, Archie, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, not, never totally. Archie. Uh, I would say I was not an Archie fan. <laughs> no, ever. no one no, is. No, I, Family Circus? No. Oh. Uh, you know what, I would read those sometimes. The one where they're running around, you see the little dotted <laughs> yeah. line behind them? Oh, yeah. I could just look at those for all Yeah, those the are great. Calvin and Hobbes was great, oh, too. Yeah. I was a big uh, fan of uh, X Men, mm-hmm. so the Chris Claremont years, like yes. you know, that's what classic. got me reading comics. Yeah, Chris Chris, Chris Claremont was 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 a jam. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved uh, you know Spider Man. Todd McFarlane on Spider Man was pretty great mm-hmm. as a kid. Uh, I think now, like the comic books that I like, there are a couple superhero comics that like I absolutely love. Like I tell everybody. If you want to really understand how to write and read Superman, yeah. All Star Superman is probably the most brilliant thing ever. Like, okay. God, it is so good. Yeah. There's like one panel in there that like makes me like want to weep. Yeah. It's like this bad this girl who has been bad, mm-hmm. a bad guy. Yeah. Um, everything falls apart for her, and she's on the ledge getting ready to jump, mm-hmm. and she has been bad to Superman. And Superman just flies in and sits down next to her and talks to her and talks her out of suicide and just hugs her and says something like someone will always be there, something like that. But like it's that moment where you're just like, oh, blue, I love this guy. You didn't need superpowers to do that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like uh, that one, I would say um, anything that Matt Fraction and Kelly Sue DeConnick have written. Hardcore agree. They're they're amazing. Amazing. Mm -hmm. They're amazing. Um like his run on Hawkeye is my favorite comic oh, book of all time. So good. It's <laughs> what I like. I had given up on comics a little yes. bit. Yes. And it was like what brought me back and the reason I interned for a comic book company. Yes. Which one did you intern for? Valiant. Valiant. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And Valiant is like doing some good stuff now. Um, yeah. I love the Hawkeye run. It's such a good comic it's about a- like the day to day life of being a hero yes. and mm-hmm. how he just screws everything, everything up. up. He's such a screw up. I'm, I want to switch up the 10, 20, 30 and ask it in reference to comic books. Oh, we, we usually ask you. not mm-hmm. to cut you out of the 10, 20, 30 no, no, music no. question. We usually ask all our guests their favorite music at age 10, at age 20 and age 30. Mm-hmm. But in this case today, I'd rather ask your favorite comics. Or yeah. a, a favorite comic at age ten series, you know, pre pre adolescence. Then at twenty, when you're you know, full flesh becoming an adult, and then thirty, sure. when you're kind of settling into adulthood. 
I would say uh, younger book, 10 or so, would definitely be, um, it's the book where Captain America is found, the World War II Captain America is found by the Avengers, Mm -hmm. and they pull him out of the water, Mm -hmm. uh, and they defrost him. And like, and he he's back. Yeah. And it's a reprint. When I was a kid, I read it as a reprint. I didn't know it was a reprint, but it was a reprint. And um, oh my god, I love that book so much. Mm-hmm. I, I I remember like he came out of the mm-hmm. ice. It's like the end of the first Avenger. Like they yeah. they, they redid that. Right, 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 yeah, right, yeah. right, right. So um, so that one I would say at twenty um, X Men type stuff. I would say like. Oh, you know what? Oh, no. No, 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 no. no. no not no, that one. Yes. No, no. Okay. No. We'll cut that out. In my 20s, yeah. it would still be the X-Men where uh, it's starting at the beginning of the Hellfire Club saga that ultimately becomes uh, Jean Grey becoming the Phoenix. Yeah, Dark yes. Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. There's this point where like they have beat the hell out of Wolverine mm-hmm. and he comes to and he pulls out his blades mm-hmm. and he's like... I am about to f shit. <laughs> that si- that panel. Yeah. Oh my god! Now I you know can, what you it's can like. feel it. Now yes. I know what it's like when I talk about baseball. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And everybody's like, "Wait, what are you talking about?" Yes, no. yes. Eighty percent of us are enjoying this. Yes, <laughs> thirty. Uh, thirty, 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 thirty. Well, now wait, what? What year? What? 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 Thirty year four you having now? So, so thirty is about in two thousands ish. Two thousand two. Yeah. Eric Larson did a run on Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he introduced Revenge of the Sinister Six. Okay. And that shit was dope. That was good. Yeah, like Spider-Man had a bionic arm. and the This six was before his Iron Man suit. Before the Iron yeah, yeah, Man yeah. suit, yeah. Because I hated the Iron Man suit. Well, that was that was from Civil War, right? Yeah, that was from yeah. I hated and that, Civil War. Like Civil War. Did also, you, all of Spider-Man in Civil War is annoying. Yeah, that Absolutely. was not. <laughs> so did, you, did you read Anni- the Annihilation Conquest? I didn't read Marvel's. that one. I, I, was, I enjoyed that one. That was a big crossover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all. I hear that that's like their best crossover. But I've never. I'm, I've. I've just never done well with with that. All with the yeah, crossovers space stuff. are inherently annoying because they, they just. They can be. They get all of the good books canceled. They do. This yeah. Has oh, happened to me you know repeatedly, what? and I'm upset right. about it. I think I know what my 30s is. Okay, go. DC Comics. Uh, Jeff Johns wrote the Teen Titans. Okay. Oh yeah. That was brilliant. And Jeff Johns also brought. So I think the Teen Titans is probably closer to my 30s, uh-huh. but he also brought back the Green Lantern, and the Green Lantern is my guy. Um, Hal Jordan. Can, Jordan's I, can my I admit, and this is serious, that yeah. I like Green Lantern and know who that is because uh, when I was a kid, they uh-huh. had a free cup giveaway uh-huh. at the you got at the, the Burger Green, Chef. You got a yeah. Green Lantern cup, and I got a Green Lantern cup. And I had it for like five years when I was a kid. So yes. that one I identify with. I want I want to identify man. an unpopular opinion, and I Shoot. know it's going to be unpopular. I didn't hate. The Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it either. So like, but I'll be, everybody's I'll be, hating it. I don't hate it. I thought that like, it wasn't. The, to me, the big problem was mm-hmm. that they uh, did not have a good bad guy like yeah, uh, sort or of whatever. Head right, movie. and it was like yeah, like all of people that stuff. are upset about the CGI suit and stuff like that. Yeah, like, no, yeah. I didn't give a. Yeah, I was yeah. like, it's fine. It's fine. And I actually thought Ryan Reynolds made a great Hal Jordan. He's, I mean, he makes a better Deadpool, but he makes much him better. Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, I thought he was fine. Yeah, I thought he's yeah. fine. Okay, good. Not not that unpopular. Yeah, yeah. No, no, okay, no, no, no. I good. thought it was. It wasn't great. Yeah, but, it, but you know, it, but and I wouldn't even really, put it really good. Yeah, I don't hate it. Michelle, you have a Ryan Reynolds take. 
I don't. I've actually never seen the Green Lantern movie. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I'm gonna. I have to re-listen to this to get my entire. Th- I know. List earlier, of I was. Things. I was like, I need a pen to write this down. And then it dawned on me. We're recording. We're recording it. Yes. Just listen. You just listen. Yeah. All right. Okay. So let's. Uh, why don't we do a quiz? Let's do a quiz. Quiz. Right, we had an icebreaker quiz. We're gonna do just a quiz. Just so you know, Claire is left. She had Claire to run left to the building. Meeting. Okay. Oh, sorry, Claire. Bye, Claire. Okay. All right. Bye, Claire. Uh, Al, this is the real or not quiz. Real or Shoot not. It. So you have two choices. This mm-hmm. is either a real thing or not, and we're gonna go around. Simon answers first. Mm-hmm. Then Michelle, then you. Okay. And the topic is podcast networks. Are these real podcast networks Ooh. or not? Mm. Go ahead. First one is the mic check question. Yes. Make sure we all know how the game works. Mm-hmm. So it's the mm-hmm. gimme. The gimme sure. question. So Simon. Yes. PRX, Public Radio Exchange. Is public this a podcast network? Radio Exchange. PRX. Is that like or distributor? The o- is that like the OBX I see on the back of people's cars sometimes? That's that means banks. Outer Banks. Outer Banks, North Carolina. PBX, I'm going to say. PRX. Peanut Butter and. Je- nope, PRX. I'm going to say, yes, PRX is a network. What do you think, Michelle? I know for a fact it is. It is. What do you think, Al? I say their name like every week. <laughs> so then we're going to say yes. That's right. That's okay. Yes. Okay, good. So, so we understand it. what right. it is. It's we a understand. complicated quiz. We just gotcha. like to make sure this. people get it. so big. PRX. The, the next one. Pendant. Pendant. Pendant publishing. Pendant is podcasting. Pendant, Pendant I think, is a publisher. So I'm going to say no. What do you think, Michelle? I'm going to go no. What do you think, Al? I think, yeah, no. It, yes, it is. What? And it, it does a lot Who of does? drama and comics podcasts. Really? Really? And when I saw it, I thought it said pedant, like pedantic. Oh, pedant. But, but it was okay. pendant. Yeah. Okay. Check okay. it out. We don't All know. Right. All right. How about uh, this next one? First Coast. First Coast. First Coast, Best Coast. No, Last Coast, Best Coast. Nope. First Coast, Best Coast. First Coast Publishing. First Coast. I don't know what the First Coast is. Okay, uh, I'm gonna say. You looking for clues? I'm not giving clues. I'm gonna say no. What do you think, Michelle? First coast. I'll go no. Al. I'll go with no as well. It's no, but no. first coast is a Jacksonville reference. It is. It is. It is totally a Jacksonville. Why is it the first reference. coast? Uh, I have no idea. Because the sun comes up. It's the. No, I think like it was like where uh, the first uh, settlers came. No. Or something like that. I, I thought you know. might buy it because there's a Third Coast podcast. Like there Coast. is. So I thought maybe you would get tripped up. I, I wouldn't. You all got it. That's not All right, the next one is The Ringer. The Ringer. I'm bringing in The Ringer. I feel like that's a podcast, not a podcast network. No. I'm going to say no. What do you think, Michelle? I also feel like it's a podcast, not a podcast network. Thank you. But I'm going to say yes. Oh. Uh, no. What do you think, Al? I'm going uh, with Michelle. It is It is one. It's a network. It's uh, it does a lot of sports and culture, but predominantly sports. The Ringer, the Ringer, and I think as with a number of these things, you'll find that often a podcast which has a name grows to become a whole network. Mm-hmm. So it's right. not surprising right. that there could be a podcast called The Ringer and oh, a whole network. Oh yeah, okay. I'm not surprised by that. Okay. I'm not. <laughs> Interesting. All right, next one. Yeah, Calford. Calford. How do you spell that? That sounds C-O-W-F-O-R-D. like C O W F O R D. That sounds like a lotion, <laughs> not a podcast network. Calford lotion. Calford. It, oh. it sounds like a really small town in England somewhere, or in, oh. like somewhere in the UK. In Devonshire. Yeah. Okay. Devonshire upon Havens. Um, sure. Hastings upon, upon Calford. Um, uh, no, it's a it's either a cream or a city in England. What do you think, <laughs> Michelle? I'm gonna go no. Well, Calford. Uh, no, because Calford is actually the original name of Jacksonville. It is. Oh, huh. now we know He's, where this uh, is coming from. He's getting all the answers now. <laughs> all right. How about this next one? Uh-oh. Cinepunks. Cinepunks. 
Um, yes, our, I mean, yes. I believe <laughs> that is a podcast network, a very good podcast network. What do you think, Michelle? Cinepunks. Isn't it just the name of a podcast? But it also, I think, refers to their network. There you like go. Like they're the multiple podcasts run. Mm-hmm. Cinepunk, punk, cinepunk, punk, what? Cinepunk, punk, They're, they're going to use that in their They're definitely yeah. going to use that. that. Yeah, I, I mean, if it is one. I hope you're okay yes. with that. I'm totally answer? okay. I'm giving out jewels every day. There you go. Yes. Yes, yes it is. Hey, Liam. Cinepunk, punk, cinepunk, punk. Cinepunk, punk, cinepunk, punk. Oh, he's going to love that. There you go. All right. How about Pineapple Street? Pineapple Street podcasts? Sounds delicious. Except if you're allergic to pineapple. Uh, I'm going to say no, Pineapple Street. uh, Michelle, what what do you think? Pineapple Street? I'm going to go yes. No, it's probably. What do you think, Al? It's a Florida reference? It's actually not. It's a production company in New York City run Uh by Jenna Wise Berman. And uh, they make several podcasts. One of them was uh, a podcast about cults that did really well. And, uh, And also, I think they did a podcast with Hillary Clinton. And some other and stuff. Y two K. That's how I'd heard of them. And there's did, no did Pineapple Street the, in Jacksonville. Did they do the Richard Simmons one? They did. Oh yeah, did. that was oh, interesting. That's how I know that. Finding Richard Simmons. Yep. You see though, but it did. What or, did you think it was? Because it did. I seem thought it was like a street, it street in Jacksonville. It did sound like. Is a there a Pineapple Street in Jacksonville? There probably is. There probably is. All right, I only have a couple more. Okay. Um, chalk, chalk, rock chalk, Jayhawk. Chalk podcast. Chalk. That might be an educational podcast. Sure, why not, Michelle? Chalk it up. Chalk it up. Yeah, that'd be great. Michelle, what do you think? Chalk? Sure. It's I'll go theatrical. Sure. It's definitely got a, a theatrical vibe to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. That's <laughs> the name of one of my plays. Come on. Chalk. Now, now, but see, this is, this, is, is to, this is the problem yeah, with the crypt quiz. Them. Yeah. <laughs> is it possible that there is a podcast <laughs> network called Chalk nope, out there? There is not You've one. not determined that that's not the there, case. No online resources re- reveal, revealed it. Okay. The, exactly. And, Therefore, and pr- proving a negative. reveals everything. I guess so. All right. How about Mocha? <laughs> okay, podcast. I'm gonna look at Al to see if there's any res- anything I'm seeing. Mocha podcast. You can't tell looking at him he's, that he knows it because he's a podcast, or he knows it because it's Jacksonville. Damn it! It's so true. He, he knows stuff. They, that, maybe they ha- they have Mocha in Jacksonville. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say J- Mocha has come to Jacksonville. So I'm gonna say it's not a podcast network. What do you think, Michelle? I'm going to say it is a podcast network. It is. Network. What do you think, Al? I'm going to say no. It's no. not a podcast network because Mocha is the Museum of Contemporary Art in Jacksonville, where I've done a few things. Okay. There you go. There you go. I will. I think if we go back to the record, we'll find that this quiz was the most heavily leaned towards the actual guest. I um, would say it's definitely a. We always them. make a claim that the guest has the, the putative advantage, mm-hmm. and that's rarely true. Because um, Michelle you. has observed that a lot of these are nonsensical. Our guest has done a lot of things. And this, I appreciate that's true. In this well, case, I have a lot to draw from. I appreciate it. Clearly that. one. Simon has a follow-up, though. I got a follow-up for you, Al. Shoot. Now, I, I don't know if this will actually apply to you, because it. I don't know. You probably work eight hour, eight days a week. But if you had to pick your favorite day of the week between these two options, Friday and Sunday, which of those is your favorite day? Friday or Sunday? I think that Sunday is my favorite day. Okay. I get up, yeah, like s- Saturday I tend to be shaking off Friday, mm-hmm. but usually like I'm not a big partier, mm-hmm. so Sunday I wake up, I work out, mm-hmm. I make myself some good coffee, and then I do whatever the hell I want to do. Okay. I probably like will read a little bit, mm-hmm. 
listen to so you're music. actually you're actually living in the moment on Sunday you on are Sundays, doing your thing Sundays is completely okay. my time That's what we have what we have found is that others including us we're both Friday people on Friday mm. we were looking forward to the weekend even though we're actually working that day and Sunday we're looking forward to the week even though we're not working that day so, it's like so there's, there's a, kind of a paradox yeah, 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 yeah. yeah no I think so you're able like, to live in the moment I live in the moment on Saturday Sundays mm-hmm. and I like s- absorb as, as much of it as I possibly can okay you're gonna do so there's a follow up to the follow up mm-hmm. how do you feel about black licorice uh, I mean like listen if I have to eat it I will so that that, that tells me you love black licorice is what I'm <laughs> hearing from that because we find that Sunday people are black licorice fans more than I could people. I could I could say yeah I'll, yeah I never yeah. buy it would say data. like hey black licorice is good with me don't buck the trend yeah um Mm-mm. okay no. I think oh sorry go ahead no I was just gonna say we're probably uh used a lot of his time uh, we have lose a lot you used a lot of your time so Al they can they can listen to you on the Reveal Podcast. Yes. They can listen to you on the Earthing Show. Earthing. Earthing. Got to get that twang. Earthing. Yeah, the Earthing Show. They can show. follow you on Earth-ing. Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Anywhere else? Big follow? I think I have a fan Instagram? page on Facebook mm. that I'd never do anything with. Okay. It's like, why? Don't bother um, going there, guys. You can follow us at some later date on Twitter. Uh, you can find our, our podcast on iTunes. That's probably where you listen to it right now. And you can email us at the WJRH website. Yes, or variousbreadsandbutters.com. You can email us at variousbreadsandbutters at gmail.com if you have any questions. We did not get to the mailbag this week. Apologies uh, to all the mailers. Mm. Too bad. We have Sorry, to, mailers. Yep, we have to bump Next Matt time. Damon. We got to. You should have sent <laughs> black that. licorice and they would have read your, your letters. Exactly. <laughs> but you didn't. Al, thank you for so much for being here. Thank you, guys. Thank this you, Al. Fun. Headphones off. Headphones all right. off. Okay. Appreciate it. We don't use the intro anymore, but how the show, the show's title mm-hmm. was inspired um, by an old Woody Allen joke from the 60s. Guess why we don't use it anymore. Yeah, <laughs> Isn't that like, as time goes on, like there's so many things that you don't get to, it's just like, fuck. It's Has not, anyone watched the Neverland documentary on Netflix yet? I have no, not. sure heard I about it. I have not either. I have not either. It's on Netflix? I think it's I on think it's Netflix. HBO. Is it HBO? Oh, it's HBO. Yes, okay. that's right. It's not television. It's HBO. It's HBO. Yeah. Um, but you have watched both Fire Festival documentaries, I assume. No. <laughs> have you watched one of them? No. <laughs> oh, because like God. both of them like have either. ethical issues, and I was like, uh, yeah. I mean, like you got the one that's paid for by the company that created the mess, it's and true. then you've got the other that paid the guy who did all the stuff. Both true. Very entertaining still. That's <laughs> what I hear. I mean, I was just like, man. But you've, I mean, so you've already, I don't know if you have Netflix or Hulu or both, but you already paid the subscription. So so you have to watch it? You just, essentially I've, you do have to I watch have it. both of those and I'm not, I don't plan to watch either. Oh, they're so entertaining. I, don't, yeah, I, I did don't. watch the Hulu one and it is very entertaining. It really is. What, what is, is entertaining about it? What is entertaining about it? What well, is, I don't even, I mean, I know that, I have the gist of the Fire Festival, but I don't uh-huh. know, is the documentary like how that shitstorm happened or yeah. Yeah. is it about how Stupid people are. How stupid the both the the hooks the hucksters yes, were. Yes, All yes, of the above. Yes. yes. Right. Is it's it also punching up? Is it ma- punching down? Millennial culture. Uh, influencers. You didn't tell me it was about millennials. Influencers. Influencers. Millennials. Mm-hmm. All the yeah, same. It's all that all stuff. the favorite topics. All the topics that we like. Could you just make this an episode of Reveal or a Thing Show? Would anybody <laughs> notice? 
No. I think they. I think, <laughs> I think they might notice. I think it doesn't have enough numbers. Mic is so I'm gonna put this mic here. This Can is we good. agree though that this is just as hard hitting? We were just talking about pancakes and icing. Uh huh. We have the same conversations that reveal all the time. <laughs> I would think so. All the time. I would think so. What is a cake? Is it flat or does it have to raise? Does you it? Know. I mean, what if you put a bunch of pancakes on top of each other with icing in the middle? I mean, I think that's a cake. What's that? That is a cake. At what point? It's it a cake. So you make, like, that's a good idea. You make, like, pancakes, stack them up. Uh-huh. Then you, like, put icing around it. Yep. Icing on the top. I think. Ooh, maybe syrup in between each one. I like this. I don't like Ooh. this. I'm just, I'm just saying. I want to eat that. Me too. It sounds too, uh, Man, just we're too all, sweet. We're all hungry right Oh, now. my God. What do, too sweet? Are too you serious? Too sweet for what meal? Is it too sweet for breakfast or is it too sweet for dessert? For, I don't know. It's just Forever? too sweet for me, for anything. That sounds good. It's not that sweet. I used to be. Michelle, my mic's wobbly. Now I'm being heard.